0: Hi everybody! Welcome to episode 215 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today I'm here with Pam Burleson, Pam lives in Morganton, North Carolina, and she is a fitness professional, a hairstylist, and a health guru for all the women in her town. And before we got started, I told her that just really reminded me of Steel Magnolias, yes. the, the women going to the hairdresser and, <laughs> and just, <laughs> that's like your whole town community. But yes. welcome, Pam. Yes, I'm so
1: excited to be here. I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. I've listened to these podcasts. I mean, I binged these things once I got in it, and so right. I can't believe I'm here talking to you
0: now. Well, I love it. It's my favorite thing to do. So you like to talk to people in your hairdresser yes. chair. I like to talk to people about intermittent fasting wherever they are. Right. Yes. It's my favorite thing to do. It, it is. Yes. It's mine too. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad to hear it. Yes. So especially with your background as a fitness professional and a all-around health guru, I love to you know, start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Well, you know, my story is, has little pieces of everyone else's story, but it's a little different in the fact that I've never had a weight problem. I've never struggled with weight, but I was always conscious of it. During the summer, I would stay with my grandmother. All of us cousins would stay with our granny during the summer. And so granny was always losing weight she would weigh herself we would have to walk four miles every day with granny (laughs) i never seen my granny lose any weight but oh granny (laughs) yes but i was always conscious of weight that was kind of where it started but i was always active i was a dancer coming through the 80s it was all those fitness tapes and i i loved them i loved the sydney
0: crawford videos i love i had that one the one with radu was that his name yes yeah radu I mean, and she was like all over the place doing her workouts in different yes. locations with the music i had that exact one that was my favorite and the buns of steel i had that yeah
1: <laughs> so so i just would you know do those at home but i was always making up choreography and and dancing which comes later in life I never thought that would happen, but so I was always really conscious and college, my first degree was in education. So I have, I taught for a few years. So like I said, never had a problem, but then when I had my first child, I gained 60 pounds because I'd always really watched what I ate. And I swear, as soon as I read that test, it was like, let's go to Chick-fil-A
0: Right, right. It was like permission, right? Yes.
1: And I ate my husband under the table. I mean, people would give him (laughs) the food and it was all mine. So yeah, so I would gain that weight. And then they would say, oh, well, when you breastfeed, it's all going to come off, honey. All that, it'll come off. Well, most of it came off with the first one. But then soon I had the second one and gained 60 pounds again. So I would top out around 191. And so I'm, you know, around five three, and short, and that belly really went out. And so after my second child, I went to try on bathing suits. This was the first time I ever dieted. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, I put the bathing suits back, and that was when I got my first can of Slim Fast.
0: Oh, gosh, what year was that?
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So that would have been like, oh, mm, one- 2001, really started counting calories. Then that's when I really started paying attention to the diet and um, was, you know, doing some weights, taking the babies walking every day, pushing that double stroller. And I lost weight very easily because I was nursing both of those kids tandemly. Oh, goodness. And counting calories. And everybody swore I had an eating disorder, but it was just, I was. Probably, you know, eating, you know, eating less, moving more, and nursing two babies. So that's what.
0: So your body was using up a lot of energy during that time, absolutely.
1: And so then, you know, raising them, quit teaching to be a just stay-at-home mom. Started piddling with Zumba. I just kind of went into that thinking I was going to supplement some income. Always did choreography and for fun at home, I would go upstairs and dance. That was kind of my stress reliever. So became a Zumba instructor. Uh, let's see, Luke. So that would have been like 2009.
0: Okay. Now, you know Roxy that's in our community that has been on the podcast? I think I do remember her. Yes. You probably heard her podcast. She loves Zumba. So I'm just giving a shout out to Roxy and Zumba. Oh, it's her yes. favorite thing.
1: Well, So here I was in this small town, was like the first girl to get certified in this. And the next thing I knew, I had, I would have 200 women in a class. Wow. So I just was piddling. I just did not know this was where the Lord was taking me, okay? (laughs) And so then you think, oh, you're teaching these classes. You can eat anything you want. Right. This is, well, it didn't work that way. (laughs) Anyway, so these women started looking up to me to give them all the information, right? So that was when I fell into my first Whole30. And I've always been really nerdy about health and learning, but doing that really taught me about ingredients and understanding how they affect your body and things you need to stay away from. And so I did that, had great results, learned a lot about myself, And then, of course, then the women, I started kind of coaching them through it. I would set up private groups on Facebook. And we did our first Whole30. And I had so many women that really changed their lives, found out they had gluten allergies. And this was so beneficial. However, after that, they would come off of a Whole30 and then start binging. Right. And then they would say, can we do another Whole30? And I learned real quick, you know, Whole30 wasn't designed to be forever. It's really just to get out inflammation.
0: And you know, that is completely how I think it's been misused by people because it's not supposed to be. I mean, she tells you in the book, she's like, this is not a weight loss diet. This is something for you to figure out what foods work for your body. Absolutely. It's an elimination. It was designed to be an elimination protocol. Like you mentioned the women who learned they couldn't tolerate gluten or maybe dairy didn't work for them. But it's not meant to be a short-term on-off, on-off. So I bet it drives her crazy. Just like I with me, so. you know, the 28-day fast start is not meant to be something you do repeatedly. Right. (laughs) Like for Fast Feast repeat. Like, oh, I'm going to do the 28-day fast start another round of that. I'm like, no, stop. That's not what it's for.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And these women would like message me in the middle of the night going, when is your next Whole30? Because really what they were looking for was accountability. And I said, it's not what it's designed for, but I'm like, how can I teach these women And, and learning myself? Because it had set up in me Good food, bad food thinking. and I realized that uh, you know when I re- emailed to you, I hadn't ate a bun in three years. I wouldn't even eat a bun because it's good food, bad food. Now I demonize food, and that's not healthy. That's not a healthy way to live.
0: You had gotten stuck in that diet brain place, yeah, it's easy to get there.
1: Yes, and during that time. The fasting kept kind of pinging as things that I had a good friend named Amanda Watka, and she is an herbalist, and she had talked about fasting. And of course, during the the Whole30, I had took the creamer out of coffee, never was a coffee fan. I was addicted to Coke Zero.
0: Oh, yeah, I understand that.
1: And so I never drank coffee. It was Coke Zero, but I knew when I was getting rid of Coke Zero, if I didn't put some caffeine in there, I was going to have that sick, horrible headache. And so that's how I started drinking coffee, but I would put full fat coconut milk in it in the morning, and I thought that was fasting. And then I would white knuckle it. I could make it to about ten thirty or eleven before. I was ready to eat, and I thought that was great. You know, that was great because everybody else was waking up eating a pan of biscuits in the morning. So I thought, <laughs> well, there we go.
0: Well, you know what? I will say that probably in the scheme of things, coffee with some coconut milk is probably better than a pan of biscuits, right? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Which my husband, I mean, he could eat that constantly. So and in the south it's a biscuit. Oh yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're at the beach. I'm here with Chad and we're going to go to a pancake house I think later today. <laughs> right. I am going to drink black coffee at the there pancake house because I'm going to keep my window closed till later when we have something that's really window worthy for me and I don't want to feel sluggish. But he can eat at the pancake house and still wear the same skinny pants. So <laughs> mine too. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. it's something.
1: So as I learned all this there's a lady at the shop, her name's Jamie Bryant, and she always, all of a sudden, you've seen a change in her, and she looked great. Of course, she lost some weight, but she just looked great, and I saw someone on Facebook ask her what she was doing, and that's when she mentioned your book, Delay, Don't Deny, and she mentioned your name, and I thought, well, let me look into this, because I thought I've been fasting, and I know that that oftentimes when God's speaking to you, he doesn't beat you over the head. You have to really listen. And so I had heard intermittent fasting more. I'd heard your name and I thought, okay, I'm going to get this book. I'm going to start listening to these podcasts and I'm going to see what this is all about. And what
0: year was that?
1: This was in 2020. This was 2020. 2020. Yeah. Right. the very end of it. And so after the holidays, I said, I'm doing this. So I started in December of 2020. And you know, I'm experiment of one. I'm always trying to figure this thing out. Perimenopausal, everything I had done before, eating clean, eating more whole 30-ish, taking all those foods out, exercising, those things were not working. And I could see the scale kind of just slowly creeping up. The inflammation, the way my body was storing fat was just weird. Just not something that was typical. And so And I thought, let me just try this and I'm going to do the clean fast. And so once I did that, the first two weeks, three pounds was off like quick. And that's not typical. I know, but I think because I had cleaned up so much, my body just jumped right in real quickly. I bet you're right. Yes. And so I was like, holy cow, this did work and i just stuck with it and then a lot of that demonizing of food the good food the bad food i was like okay i'm just going to open up this window and i started out with probably around a 17 hour and then could make it to a 19 or 20 but it it varies for you know different days depending on if i teach an evening class or If I did weights that day, you know, every day is not going to be different. And that's something I've just kind of had to learn as I've done it. But then I lost, I would say by March of 2021, I was down right around 10 or 11 pounds. And which I was starting out at a healthy weight. Like I wasn't even at a weight, but the inflammation and just how my body was storing fat, my hormones were leveled you know, perimenopause, you start throwing out eggs like fireworks at the end of the show, you know, right? that leveled. So my energy, I didn't have that midday crash that I was having before. And then as being a hairdresser, there's days that you may not get to eat. I mean, during the day, I mean, you're so busy and getting that midday slump was not something you wanted. So it just kind of worked well for my lifestyle. And I could, take my son out to lunch, and I could sit there and drink my black coffee. And then when it was time to open my window, I would open my window with the family, I would eat whatever I cooked the family. I was eating the buns on the hamburgers. And the weight, you know, like I said, had still came off. So that's kind of my story as to how it worked for me. And then my ladies, they started wanting to know what we were doing.
0: I bet so. Now, just to recap a little bit, the part that really resonates with me is you were working really hard before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You were working hard for years and you were like really restricting what foods you were, you know, quote, allowed to eat. Right. And as long as you white knuckled it through that, you were able to keep your weight at a healthy level, but it was hard and it felt very restrictive. It did. And so now you have... You know the freedom to not demonize food, and I bet you still crave healthy foods because you feel better when you include those. Yeah, but you can have the bun if you want to. Right. Like I'm puffy this morning because last night I had crab nachos at a restaurant, and you know what? No big deal. Right. And I was like, well, I'm going to be puffy tomorrow because that's what crab and fried nachos does for me. But there's no guilt. There's no. You know, but today I'll go and sit and drink my black coffee while Chad eats his pancakes or whatever. And I won't feel like, man, I wish I could have the pancakes here. You know, there's no, none of that.
1: None of that. No, no. Because I know that if I want it, I can have it. But exactly. You still because of you know, learning about food and understanding that going into the fasting, I didn't have to really relearn because as we get healthier and cleaner, your body gets even more sensitive to everything. And so I always tell my ladies, it's like, you can't smell your house until you go out on vacation That's and come true. back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your body's like that when you eliminate foods. And and then the more as you get into fasting, it gets more like that. Also, it gets yeah. even more and more sensitive.
0: Yes. You realize what you can and can't have. Like last time I was here at the beach with Will, we went to a place that has amazing hamburgers, but their fries make my stomach hurt. I got fries anyway, and they made my stomach hurt. And I was like, okay, I will never again order fries at this restaurant because I don't like to feel like my stomach hurt. So last night after the crab nachos, which did not make my stomach hurt, I had a lobster roll. And you could have gotten fries with it, but I was like, I think I'll have slaw. There you go. Because I, that did not make my stomach hurt. And I ate just the right amount and stopped when I was satisfied and felt fine, even though I knew I'd be puffy. But you really do, you make choices. I mean, I could have had the fries if I had wanted to. And probably, you know, if we were thinking in the calories in, calories out right. mindset, right. slaw is not like any kind of health food. Either, <laughs> no, really. not with the mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it doesn't make my stomach hurt, and so I was like, I chose what I w- would make me feel better right. later because yeah. I, I know my body better. So th- that's where the power is. I could have had the fries, but I, I really, was like, I really, I don't want to have a stomach ache, no. so I'm not no. having. And, them.
1: and I think as we get older, it's more about how we feel. Yeah, and you just want to feel. You want to feel good.
0: Well, let's talk about those ladies. You were going there before I did my recap. So then the ladies wanted to know more. So how did that go? So I
1: started giving them little nuggets of what I I was doing. And of course, my clients at the hair salon, they would come in and they could see the difference. And and so I would start talking to them about that. And so I've had a few of them really do well. You know, I always say, so what, When they want to know what I'm doing, I would say, read the book. Because what I've learned is if they're not really willing to read the book, they're not willing to put in the time and the commitment to do it.
0: That's a great tip. You're right. Because people who want to take that extra step to learn about it themselves... That's huge. So that's everyone listening. That's great advice before you make yourself frustrated with people who like you keep telling them and telling them and then they're not doing it. (laughs) Yes. You don't even waste your breath on it. I mean, you just keep
1: living and kind of being that walking example. But when they're ready, they will read the book themselves. (laughs) Right. And it's not a hard book. No, it's not. When you read it, you're like, just like talking to your girlfriend. I mean, it's such a quick and easy read. And then listening to the podcasts just really keep you on target. It just keeps you motivated. And so I would say read the book, start listening to these podcasts. Then when you're ready to discuss it, I'm here.
0: Love it. Now, do you have you read Fast Feast Repeat or are you just only telling them delay, don't deny? I
1: do tell them delay, don't deny, but then a lot of times they'll go back and do fast feast repeat. And I think most of them now have cleanish.
0: So Oh, <laughs> Well, good, good. And it really is a process. But as far as like some people ask me sometimes, which book should people read, Delay, on Deny, or Fast Feast Repeat? I was actually at an event a couple months ago. And I was like, well, I would tell people to read Fast Feast Repeat first because it's more comprehensive. And someone in the audience said, I disagree. I like Delay, on Deny better. And I'm like, well, that's good to know. So I guess it's just knowing the person who you're recommending it to. Some people, Delay, on Deny is what's going to be best for them. It's quick and easy. And for some people, Fast Feast Repeat is going to be just that more in-depth of what they want.
1: Yes. And some of them just listening to it on Audible or whatever is even better for them because they're always so busy. And so I'll say, listen to it in the car or listen to it when you're cleaning house. It'll sink in and you'll get addicted to the podcast. And then next thing you know, you're like (laughs) the whole day, you're just listening to, more and more. to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish this resource had been there when I was, you know, struggling so hard with all those years of here. Can I tell you something funny yeah. that I would do when I was like contemplating a diet? This is back in, you know, my diet crazy days when I was always trying to figure out what to do. The way I would decide what diet to do next is I would go to Amazon and I would read reviews of diet books. Did you do that?
1: No, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would see it on a magazine or something.
0: And girl, we didn't have internet that good here for a while. <laughs> oh <laughs> No, I would. I would go to Amazon and I would sort those reviews and I would read every single review about that whatever diet was. And that would be how I, it's so like the stories. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear how this worked for people. Yes, the testimonials. So I would have loved, yes, I wanted testimonials. So I would have loved a podcast. But of course, I, mean, I don't think podcasts were around, or if they were, I didn't know about them. There weren't very many, but I would have loved listening to people tell their stories.
1: Yes, when you had the talk shows, now that yes. was when you loved listening to their stories and seeing Oprah. how the, the trend, Yes, the transformations. I love that part.
0: Oh yeah, I remember. That's how I heard about the carbohydrate addicts diet back in the day. They were on Oprah, and they were sharing all the success stories from that. And I was like, "Well, I got to do that." <laughs> <laughs> But now it's like, this is our own little talk show. You're on the talk show. Yes,
1: absolutely. (laughs) I've never, like I said, I I wasn't really a big dieter. I was always the exercise queen. I was the girl that was like, well, I'm going to go run or I'm going to go do this. I was teaching at one time 12 classes a week. Wow. I would teach for hours back to back. The metabolic damage (laughs) that I did to my body, that was another part of it was, Here I was teaching all those classes, and I went back to school for hair. I was 42 when I went back to school to do that. So I went from teaching all those classes as an income because I wanted the fitness to be fun. I was tired of it being what I used for my income. I wanted it to be fun. So I thought, well, what else can I do? Because I did not want to go back to teaching in the school system. I just knew it wasn't what I wanted to do.
0: Isn't that sad? I bet you were a great teacher and and I I loved it, but it got to the point where you really couldn't do what you what you loved yes. to do anymore. Yes. Like I think what year did you start teaching?
1: So it would have been 97. So I okay. told 2001.
0: I started in 1990, and I look back at what we could do, and we had a lot of freedom yes. to teach and do what we wanted to do with our kids, and you know we could get to know our kids and, and teach things that we loved, and then that all went out the window.
1: Yes. So when I went back to school, I thought, well, what can I do? Because I love people, but I'm really—the right. funny part is, is I'm very introverted. Even though I love people, I love to be then away from everyone. That's me too.
0: I think it's called like an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert or even ambivert is another word I've heard because I'm like you. I love people and I need to have time with people, but then I really need to be by myself and have quiet time. Yes. Like so much.
1: I love to be in my car by myself going somewhere and just listening to podcasts and not have to answer and ask or or 50,000 questions.
0: I love it. Yeah. Back when I used to teach on the weekends, I didn't want to go anywhere. I was like, I got to hole up at home and just like recharge my batteries. Yes, I'm and exactly then Monday I'd go back to work and there I was. But then by, by Friday, I'm like, everybody leave me alone. I know people would think because I teach these women and then there's
1: so much energy coming out that I would just always be that way. And I'm like, no, no. when I leave here, <laughs> I don't talk to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I have to kind of regroup. For the weekend,
0: I totally get it. So you're not teaching the Zumba anymore?
1: No, I still do it.
0: Okay, Okay. so I teach
1: a few different classes, but now I do that for really for fun. So I teach
0: that's good four
1: classes a week, and I love it. That's like and so I've built my life now as to the way I like it. I I can do hair, and then I can teach classes. I I know kind of how to schedule my day so that I have the energy to do what I need to do. And fasting has given me so much more energy. At first, people were like, how can you teach class fasted? It's amazing. But when you do the clean fast,
0: you can. You can do it. So what's the difference in the feeling versus before when you were like, quote, fasting with the coconut milk and coffee versus now? Explain that difference. Because this might be the first time someone's heard about the clean fast. Right. never know.
1: So because you're really not in a fasted state when you have the coconut milk even though I thought I was. And, you know, I wasn't intermittent fasting. before, So I would eat up to bedtime before. Whereas when I started intermittent fasting, I would cut it off at around seven ish. So then I would teach class at 9 a.m. Saturday morning. And then I wouldn't some days I would have to break it a little bit earlier. But before, oh, my goodness, it felt like my legs were just like tree trunks like they would be so heavy because your body is still using that stored glycogen and it'll feel like that until you hit that wall and start burning that fat so in the beginning that's kind of how you feel until your body adapts and then because we're
0: hybrids and it'll just switch on over there you go you've got that metabolic flexibility and that's really what we want and so once you you have that metabolic flexibility Your body can use whatever fuel source you give it at the time.
1: And it goes in and out much quicker, much easier. You don't have that, you know, when people are eating more ketogenic and they start going into ketosis, they'll have that keto flu and, 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 you know, have a lot more of those symptoms, which I guess fundamentally with fasting, that's, you're kind of, you're just kind of biohacking that, but you don't have those same symptoms.
0: Because you just kind of adapt. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of. I mean, it's not quite as maybe as extreme, right? Right. As the you know the the keto flu, like in the community that we have right now, the delay don't deny community. We have a lot of people who are you know who start like every day. There's somebody who's like I'm starting, and they're in the 28 day fast start group, and they're talking about it. And really, what we hear from people starting out now is you know because they're fasting clean, because they they're in the community, so they know about it, so they. They feel great, and then they'll hit a wall right when their body's making that transition. Right, they like, I right. feel so good. This right. is so easy. I'm like, right. just be aware. You might, <laughs> in a week, you might be singing a different tune. You'll be like, wow, this is so hard. But then once they get to that point and they get to the other side, and it, it seems to happen, everybody has a slightly different timetable, but it'll be like they're cruising along, feeling pretty good. Then they'll have a little bit of a, a wall, and then on the other side is better. Right. So... That's what we seem to find over and over.
1: And, you know, with teaching classes and with fitness, when you're consistently doing that, you're going to kind of get there a little bit quicker because you're kind of burning through that a little bit quicker. Right. And I'll have women, though, that have just started. Maybe they've never worked out and they start hitting that same wall in class, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, you're not going to pass out. This is just (laughs) what happens when you're getting ready to flip the switch and your body is is a hybrid. So at first it's very uncomfortable, just kind of walk it out, but you'll get to the other side.
0: Listen to your body, take a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it'll get there. Your body's learning how to do something new, and like I think we're born with that metabolic flexibility. Yeah, we are, (laughs) yeah, but then we lose it over the decades of eating all the time, following the advice we've been given. We lose that completely. You have to build it back up, but it's so much better once you do.
1: Yeah, I could not believe when I first started. I could not believe how many bites unintentional I would take of food before I started the intermittent fasting. Just taking bites here and there, cooking and not tasting something before I would, I would like maybe make lunch and I wasn't opening my window then. But the little bites of food I would have while I was, those are things that you, you don't really pay attention to until you start fasting.
0: It's true. You really don't. And I think back to how much I was constantly putting in my mouth all day. Right. For me, a lot of it was the lattes. I know I've talked about this before, but I was like constantly nursing a latte. Like I had the little latte machine over in my my cabinet of my classroom. It was my illegal latte machine that you weren't allowed to have, but I had it (laughs) anyway. And had the little. It was a. What was it called? I can't even remember what it was called, but I had the little cartridges that you would put in of the milk, and mm-hmm. oh, I can't. Remember. I almost, it was on the tip of my tongue, but then I forgot it. Anyway, I would go over there, and the kids would know I was having another latte. Yeah, they're, like, they're like, "Go ahead and make your coffee," and then, <laughs> but it was constant. I it was like I had a sippy cup all the time. But there's
1: so much power in not being hungry all the time. Yeah. You can get so much more accomplished, you know, and it's so funny when you're going on vacation or you're something with your family and they want to eat constantly. I mean, constantly. And you're like,
0: you frequent eaters. We tell me.
1: Ate. I yes. know, you just saved <laughs> three hours ago. You're already hungry. I know.
0: Tassimo, you? that was what it was. I couldn't think. It just popped oh, into yes. my head and the brain amazed. I had a Tassimo. That was what, yes. what I used in my classroom. But that latte kept me always on the verge of being starving.
1: Right, right. Mine was the Coke Zero. I would have a Coke Zero, or every once in a while, I could get some sweet tea. <laughs> a, a good old one of those big cups of, with the crushed ice. There's a local little restaurant here in town, and they have the best sweet tea.
0: I could nurse one of those all day. Oh, yeah. I would drive through Chick fil A on the way to school and get chicken minis with hash browns and a large Coke in that <laughs> styrofoam cup. And I would nurse that all day and it would, the ice would stay frozen in that styrofoam cup and you would just keep drinking it. And then, right? I mean, I can't even imagine that. I think about how as this
1: journey progresses and you learn more about it, just how we're in a constant fed state. Everyone's in a, that constant fed state. And so how can you heal your body if you're
0: constantly in digestion? And every little sip of that Coke that I was having... Yeah, because I was at the point where I was like, you know, diet sodas, that's not good either. I'm just going to drink the real Coke. Well, that was definitely not good either. (laughs) Well, you know, that was originally why
1: I went to the Whole31st because I'm like, I felt like a phony being this health and fitness person and I was addicted to Coke Zero and I knew the ingredients in it was horrible. And I'm like, but I've got to cut this. I've got to not be addicted to sweet drink. And this was a way that I could kind of do it and then break that habit. And yeah, I haven't drank a drink soda,
0: uh, I guess, five or six years now it's yeah. been. Because you realize it's so heavy. And, it, you know, one thing I, I really love about Whole30 is what she says about the black coffee. Yes. I know you know that quote that she says. She's like, don't you dare tell me drinking black coffee is hard.
1: No, absolutely. I, I use that with the girls a lot. If you think about it, it's not hard. I mean, really, it's not. And that is the hardest thing when one starts this journey: is the black coffee. I mean, they will cry like a baby when you I say, know, like, <laughs> "But I need it." And you're like, <laughs> "Are you an adult? I mean, have you not right. like, uh, uh, the nasty medicine I had to take as a child? Does not compare to black coffee. <laughs> black coffee is not that bad."
0: It's soothing. It's creamy. It's sweet. It really is. I mean, and I'm saying this because of someone who nursed lattes all day long, it was like it was doing something in my brain. And so after I read the obesity code and I'm like, I just really can't do this anymore. I need to get this out of there. It's got to be black or nothing. I I was like, but I'm gonna, ah, But the sweetness, the creaminess, whatever. And just, you know, like like what was it? Put on your big girl panties and <laughs> and my taste buds adapted. That's absolutely the thing. And you have to say, why am I so hooked on this sweet creaminess that I can't like it's making me sad to not have it anymore? That's an addiction.
1: It really is. And when you say to people, Look, you will get over that. Because they'll see me drinking LaCroix or LaCroix at work and they're like, How do you drink that stuff? You know, and I'm like until you get rid of sweet drink you will never appreciate this it's just teaching your taste buds to not need that sweet taste constantly
0: and that's huge i think that everybody who's listening who has who's a parent of young kids this is something that you need to hear right now is that we've got to train our kids to drink plain water as a teacher, you know, it got to the point we allowed our kids to hydrate during the day because we realized, you know, hydrated brain, whatever, whatever, brain-based learning, good. For, it's good for your learning to have, right, you know, right. to have fluids as you need them. But you know, so there was a rule that kids could have, you know, a water bottle at their desk, and the rule was it had to be plain water. But that's not what happened. You know, all these kids had these water enhancers that they're putting right, in, right, all the time. So our children. Are training their palate to expect sweet liquid, flavored liquid constantly from the minute they wake up till they go to bed. And so, what is that doing to our kids? You know, having them release that insulin is not setting them up for long term health. Yes. Teach your kids to drink plain water. They don't need to have apple juice all day. They don't need to have, they need to drink plain water.
1: I always say, if I could go back and I tell my little mamas this. If there's anything I would tell you to do, it's do not give them juice in a bottle, in a cup, let them eat their fruit. They do not need fruit juice in a cup or just let them eat it. Only water. They do not need to be addicted to sweet drinks.
0: That's true. And now I'm so very proud as as a parent of grown-up kids, both of my boys preferentially choose water. Right, right. Look, right. I was terrible. I was giving them yu hoo in their sippy cups. <laughs> I think about it. Hey, it, had, it had more vitamins. I was like, look at the vitamins that are in this YooHoo. This is a healthy drink.
1: I grew oh. up on Pepsi. My mom, we never drank water. You did not drink water. There was a gas station that was on up from us. But my mom swore it was leaking gas into our water in our well water. And so we always drunk Pepsi. And so I'm like, it's a wonder I have a tooth in my head.
0: I know. That's true. But but yeah, I was giving them that you hoo because it seemed like such a good, good, healthy choice. And I didn't know. And instead I should have been giving them water. And <laughs> <laughs> but everybody teach your kids to drink water and they will be so much better off because that's what we're supposed to drink. But you hear from people that are like, I can't drink plain water. It tastes gross. Yes.
1: And they'll go get like the propel waters or whatever that has the aspartame in them. They'll bring it to me and they'll say, look, Pam, I'm not drinking my Mountain Dew. They'll put their propel. And I'm like, have you looked at the ingredients on that?
0: It's basically Mountain Dew without the fizz and the coloring. Right. And, you know, our kids... They start off healthy and maybe they're fine for a while, but when they're having that insulin response all the time to that sweetened beverage, it's going to lead them down the road of hyperinsulinemia yes, and right. all the health issues that go along with that, you know, not to mention weight problems that are gonna come later. But if we just switch what our kids are drinking and what we're drinking, yes. I think if everyone in America just started or the world just started drinking plain water, black coffee, plain tea, right, and they didn't even start fasting. And they just changed yes. what they were yes. drinking?
1: That would make a huge impact.
0: I think it would.
1: Just not having that sweet drink constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably one of the best habits to make and to break that habit.
0: I would like to do a study about that. I would like to do a study. That would be a great study where you take groups of people and you say, do not change what you're eating at all. And one group is randomized to all they do is change what they're drinking. And that is it. Right. Right. And then the other group doesn't change anything and then see what happens. Like you would need to test their fasted insulin levels, test, test their A1C, have them commit to 6 months. That would be a fascinating study.
1: Right. It would be. I mean, we know that's going to work. That's going to do what We it's know it would to. do something.
0: I want to like design studies. That sounds fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, that <know>. can't. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe one day I can hook up with some people that are doing it and I have to give them advice. Let's try this anyway. That would be fun. So you've got a lot of people. How many people you think you've inspired to start intermittent fasting and stick with it?
1: I would say I've got right now, there's probably 12, you know, you always yeah. have a percentage of people that start something and then it's a less than 30% is what's going to stick with something. But I would say there's a good 12 in this year that has really changed their lives. There's one little lady I never would have thought would have done this because I don't know if she's ever really got into anything or, but she could not even climb because my um, salon suite is upstairs in the building. So you have to climb this steep set of stairs and she said that you know her doctor has given her X amount of months to get her stuff together, or she's gonna to have to look at some more medications and things of that nature. And she actually climbed my stairs. She said, I'm gonna try this. and I, Cause I said, you can do it. I'll get right behind you and we'll get you up these stairs. And she came up the stairs and anyway, she posted in our, in, cause I started a Facebook group the beginning of the year. And I said, this is for accountability. Post your windows in the group. I want to see when you're fasting. Just come on here and check in every day. And she's been doing it. And sure enough, oh, she's, lost, she's lost 20 pounds. Oh, that's fantastic. And I, I was just so tickled. But she actually, it was so easy. Just, just saying, eating in this window. If you don't change anything else in the beginning, just putting a little bit of parameters on your eating. And that's really all she's done. And so it's a good little start.
0: Yep, and she's able to probably get up those stairs a lot right, easier now. Right, right, 20 pounds, you know, is a lot to carry around. So anybody who doesn't realize that, go get twenty a 20-pound 20 bag of dog food and try to carry that <laughs> up the stairs. Right. You'll be like, this is really heavy. Just carry a 20-pound bag of anything around all day long, and you just won't be able to do it.
1: Right, right.
2: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash wonderypod or text WONDERYPOD to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WONDERYPOD or text WONDERYPOD to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life, or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now.
1: It's so neat to watch their journeys, and, say, and they get it, and you know they've got it, because then they want to talk about it. And just see how they everything starts changing. So it's it's neat to just be able to help others. That's really my goal. It, I went into fitness because in teaching because I love people and I love helping others. And so this was just another another little thing that I can use to help others kind of get their health together because I just want everyone to feel good and feel their best.
0: And you know, really, everything you're doing is that your the hair. I mean, that's huge. I know. You feel your best when your hair is done, right? Right. (laughs) Don't look at my roots. I'm showing them to you.
1: Except when they're with (laughs) that ugly cape on. There's
0: something about when you
1: put that cape on women and that big bear is right in front of them. And they won't even look at themselves. They'll kind of shy away from even look at themselves. And those and I'm like, listen, honey, these mirrors do not. This cape does something to you. And don't. the
0: lighting is, I don't know. How's the lighting in your salon? When I I'm getting my hair done on Thursday, and so I, when I go in there, it's like it's like something about yeah, my roots are bad because I was supposed to have my hair done two weeks ago. I go every six weeks, and I was supposed to go, and then. We ended up being out of town, and I had to reschedule it. And so it's been an extra, extra two weeks. But when I go and sit in that chair, something about the lights and the mirror and whatever, and I just look like, blah.
1: And then putting that ugly <laughs> uh, cape on, and then all you I see is, yes. Yeah. And then you have a wet head, and then a head full of fulls or whatever. It's just, it's not pretty. I'm like, whoever could design a mirror with filters on it like this on our phone, that's where the money is.
0: In the hair salon, yeah. You need to get that. Right. And so everybody's looking in the mirror, they're like, I look fantastic. Yes.
1: <laughs> Who needs to get their hair done? We'll just throw a filter on it. That'll work. <laughs> so is there anything
0: that you struggle with?
1: I can catch myself wanting to get into that mindset with a longer, fast is better. You know, that more is better kind of mentality. Just because that's the way my thinking is. And it's not. It doesn't work for me. That doesn't. I've tried it. I don't feel good. Now, one day or so a week, I do try to have a longer fast because it fits with my schedule better. And
0: what do, what do you mean by longer fast for you?
1: For me, that means I may make a 22 to a 24-hour okay. fast on a Sunday because I can eat earlier on Saturday. And I don't teach class Sunday. So that means I can typically go and have a later lunch with the family. So that allows me, and I feel I do feel better if I can eat and cut off my window a little bit earlier. But just the way my life is, sometimes it's seven or seven thirty before I can can cut that off. But there for a while, you know, because I'm always experimenting, well, maybe this will feel better, or how does this work? Or Like I had a patch of uh, eczema pop up and I was putting the cortisone creams on there. It wasn't, nothing was working. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to lengthen my fast, shorten my window a little bit and really be really mindful of that after the holidays. And literally within uh, about six or seven days, it was gone.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yes. So that you learn about those benefits of autophagy and how fasting does help that, but Not getting into that mindset of longer fasts are better. And I have to kind of, I coach that with my women too. Don't think that you have to do a longer fast. It's about feeling your best. And you don't want to get restrictive with your eating. As far as, yes, should you eat the best foods? Yes. But should you think about counting calories and having little tiny small meals? You need to eat and you need to fuel your body. And then if you're exercising, if you're teaching classes as a fitness instructor, you have to go 110% to make them go 70%. So the energy that you expend during class is, oh my goodness. And so lots of times that next day, I am starving early. And that is not a time that I need to white knuckle and think about, correct. Well, I need to have this 18, 19 hour fast. No, I just go ahead and, and go ahead and open my window. And I'll have, I love the uh, mozzarella with prosciutto.
0: Oh yeah, that's yummy.
1: For some reason, that kind of, it's my little opening my window thing and it works well and it doesn't spike my insulin and then I can go a few more hours till I can eat.
0: It makes you feel satisfied, but not like you need to just start eating like crazy. Yes.
1: And I try to tell yeah. my ladies, do not go and have a piece of fruit to open your window
0: Oh, no, not for me. I couldn't. Mm-mm. You
1: will be hungry. You're, you're going to be yeah. very, very hungry. And then you'll want to bend sugar oftentimes when you do eat.
0: Yeah, because your blood sugar will crash in response. Absolutely. Mine certainly does. Yes. I do not do well with like apples and peanut butter. And people are like, oh, apples and peanut butter. I'm like, that is like sends me just up and down, crash, bam. I can't do it.
1: Yes. Yes, I loved almond butter. I I got addicted to. I had to get rid of that stuff. I could eat it like <laughs> Nutella,
0: right? So that was it's one, good.
1: It, it really is. But for me, mm, I could eat the whole jar.
0: It's all about knowing yourself. Like th- there was something I I got. I sometimes order from Thrive Market because they have. Like I was getting some organic rice, and they have, um, because you know we eat a, a good bit of rice and. I was like, you know, I really need to get organic rice. If it's harder to find locally, so I was ordering from Thrive Market. And if you get your order up to a certain amount, then it's free shipping or whatever—I don't know. So I got this stuff called granola butter. Oh wow! Oh my lord, never order it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like made from. I don't know if you have you ever had that cookie butter made from those cookies. I've seen it's, it,
1: but I uh, don't order. Like don't it.
0: get that either. <laughs> But this no. granola butter was cleanish, made from oats. You know, it looks pretty good. But it's like, I mean, you know, if you need a sweet treat, a, a one spoonful of that is pretty good. But it's hard to stop. Right. <laughs> right.
1: That's the truth. And I have to do that with, you know, there's certain things in the house that I know that trigger me. Anything baked, any kind of pie, cookies, cakes.
0: Me too with that.
1: If I have one bite, it's like, I'm gone.
0: Yeah, like when I made pumpkin pie over the holidays, I made a few and I just, you know, I wanna have that pumpkin pie every day till it's gone. So I'm like, at one point, Will was like, would you make another pie? I'm like, nope, that's enough pie.
1: (laughs) But I've learned that just having some chocolate or something at the end of my meal satisfies me. I'm not like looking in the cupboards for something sweet. I just have it right after I finish my meal. And that seems to work.
0: For me, it's the dates. I know you've heard me talk about that. Dates. And I don't even put peanut butter on them. I mean, they're delicious with peanut butter, but I don't need all that. I just like get... Maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. But it's, it's a lot more work to get the peanut butter out. But I just, like, have a few in my hand and eat those. Or when the weather's warm, we'll have the daily harvest smoothies. Right, right. And Chad and I share one, like, for real. We share one smoothie, and it's full of really high-quality ingredients. I right. couldn't open my window with the smoothie. It would make me feel terrible but it's a great way to close the window. And so I'm putting in all the nutrients, but I I don't feel like going back. I'm not going to go back to the dates and have more and more and more. I'm not going to want another smoothie, whereas I would if it was pie or cookies or something.
1: Yes, same. It's all about knowing yourself. I just found the most perfect protein powder. Like I know that as women, oftentimes we don't really eat a lot of protein. We don't get enough of that. And just looking for the cleanest without any junk in it. And it's been the best.
0: What is it? Which one is it?
1: It's by Truvani. Okay. Truvani's the company, but it has organic chia seed, organic pea protein. You know, everything's super clean. Let's see, you can get a sample pack. So I thought, well, the least favorite I'm probably going to like is the banana cinnamon. I'm not a big banana fan. That was my favorite. And it it literally tastes like you're drinking a banana split and it's
0: sweetened with monk fruit. That sounds really yummy. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? That it's a journey
1: and that you really need to remember that you are an experiment of one and that you have to figure out what works best for you. That a fast that you've read about or heard someone else doing may be too long for you, or it it may be too short for you, that you just have to see what feels the best for you. And it can change from day to day. The clean fast is the most important step. And do not try to restrict and think of calories in and calories out when you're trying to do the intermittent fasting. I think those are the most important things I think I could say about it.
0: Well, I love I love that advice because it's really good advice. And so I can tell that the women that you're leading in your town are getting really solid advice and, oh. and they are going to succeed.
1: Listen, I love them. Every time you see them feel better and get it, Oh, it's such a win for me. Well,
0: see, you're a teacher. Yeah. You're a teacher at heart and me too. And so I think those of us that are called to be teachers, we're gonna teach something. Right. Whether we're teaching Zumba or school children or intermittent fasting right. or right. my life lessons podcast with Sherry. We just like to teach people things and you know, bless Chad's heart and will will will's living at home right now but you know i'm always like still teaching them things and i'm like okay stop just let (laughs) their adult bin they don't need me to teach them stuff my daughter is almost (laughs) finished with nursing school and so this
1: is her last semester and i know she'll start and i'm helping her study and then i'll go off into my tangents because i study functional medicine (laughs) And I'm like, do you understand why this is this? She's like, mom, I just needed to study for this test." Stop. (laughs) Love it. I don't need to know all this.
0: It's hard to turn it off though, right? It is
1: because you want everyone to understand, you know, what you know, because you know that if they did, it could help them. And my husband, oh Lord, going out in this town with me, I know everyone. And so... (laughs) I spend so much time talking to everybody. And as soon as they see me, either if they haven't been to class, they'll dodge me. right? Or they come up and start giving me confession of why they've not been to class. Or if they see me at a restaurant, for some reason, people think I don't eat. And so they're like, oh, I know. Oh, she's watching me eat. And I'm like, I don't care. She saw me eat French fries. Did you see what I was eating?
0: <laughs> right. I ate,
1: ate the hamburger <laughs> with the bun.
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Pam, I have enjoyed talking to you so very much. You too. Yes, you too. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
3: Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand, Drunk Elephant, was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar.